Attention on deck, nerds. You're listening to the Pro Hop Podcast with Matt and Cal. Basketball. Welcome to another edition of the Pro Hop Podcast, fantasy basketball's greatest podcast on earth. My name is Mac Tucker. As always, I'm joined by my co-host and longtime colleague, Callahan Kravanek. Callahan, thank you so much for joining us this week. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm a really big fan of this podcast and love every minute that I spend on it with you. And we are just so grateful that you're here. Tell us about your week. Yeah, blessings, blessings. Uh, yeah, not a whole, not a whole lot. Watching a lot of basketball. Really been enjoying the news and notes we're about to get into, and uh, hoping hoping we can talk about Hoodie Mello now that he's back. Dude, absolutely. This week in news and notes, we've got Carmelo Anthony back in Portland. Well, he was never in Portland to begin with, but he's back in the NBA, and this time he's with Portland. Next, we have Paul George. He's super duper back in LA. James Harden doing James Harden things. <sighs> In Texas. And then after that, we got Devontae Graham doing some big things in Charlotte. Is he the real deal, or should you try and trade this guy and get someone real cool? After news and notes, we got injuries significant to your fantasy team. After that, Callahan and I are going to do some fun, fun trivia. The loser of the trivia questions by the All-Star break has a jump in one of Minneapolis's super-duper cold 10,000 lakes. After that, we'll be going over our streamers for the week. It's your highlights from around the NBA. All right. Thanks again for tuning in and spending your Monday morning with us. Carmelo Anthony is back in the NBA, this time with the Portland Trail Blazers. Carmelo Anthony averaged 40% from the field with Houston, 32% from the three-point line with Houston, but he was really only with Houston for about 10 games. He's berated as a defensive liability. He's definitely a Hall of Famer, but 35 years young, there's no reason to believe Carmelo cannot become a defensive stalwart overnight with Portland. However, they signed him to get buckets. Dame Dalla, as cold as he is, put up nine points the other night because he's getting double team, triple team, and box and one. Box and one is a high school defensive set. That is embarrassing. That shows you how poorly Portland can score the ball right now. One of my favorite players in the NBA, my favorite podcaster in the world, CJ McCollum is struggling to string together consistent scoring, which is leaving Dame Dalla vulnerable to all these defenses. Carmelo Anthony, maybe he's a flyer, maybe he's a savior. Callahan, do you think Carmelo Anthony can actually help the Portland Trailblazers, or is this total desperation mode? Oh, man. Uh, First of all, can we touch on whether Melo is a Hall of Famer or not? Whoa, hot take coming. I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I, I look back at his career. I, I'm not saying he didn't do special things when he was drafted, when he was in Denver. I mean, all of that. But without the hoodie, I just don't know if he's gonna, if he's gonna produce for this team like they need him to. He's an ISO scorer. You know, he's and and what this team really needs, in my opinion, is someone who can camp out at that baseline and knock down consistent jumpers, maybe create a little bit off the dribble. But, you know, in a Woj tweet that I saw, the conversation went, you need us, we need you. I, I, I just, I, I don't see where the confidence lies in that. And 
I'm not I'm not running to pick him up. I know in a few of my leagues, I saw a lot of people clamoring for for Carmelo as soon as that news broke, and I'm just not I'm not rostering him. Uh, are you? I am not rostering him. Uh, with Carmelo, I'd probably approach that real cautiously um, because. The way they're playing defense on Dame, the only way Melo is going to make it on this team or, excuse me, to make it on a fantasy roster and be relevant is if he's knocking down those threes. He has got to get used to camping a three-pointer, hit about 45% from the three-point line. That'll maybe open up the rest of his game, but they don't need him to drive. They certainly don't need him to post up. And like you said, ISO ball, that's black and white television. That's all in the past. Yeah, I wish, uh, you know, Fisdale came on saying, saying ISO ball is all Houston does. And I mean, they're, they're doing pretty well. And I know we got a segment here on James Harden, so I'll, I'll hold up on that. Absolutely. But before we get to James Harden, I want to I want to touch on Paul George in L.A. last night. How does it feel to be a part of this moment? Um, I mean, it's great. It's great um, to be able to do this at home in front of family, friends, so many faces out there that's rooting and pulling for me. You know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. Where I'm at. Cal, what did he do last night? Oh, man. This man, seven, I mean, not just last night. This is the last two games he's been back, and they're weaning him in slowly. He's got 20 minutes-ish per game, but he's got 70 points total in two games. I mean, they, they just blew that team out last night. And Paul George is essentially saying, you know, if Kawhi's going to be on load management, which we know he will, Paul George <laughs> is going to step up and get you 35 if you need it. But he does it on both ends. You know, I was... I was on the message boards the other day, and someone was like, hey, you know, talking about the MVP race already, of course. Giannis comes up, Harden comes up, someone steps in, they're like, what about Paul George? And in my head, I'm thinking, he's not even the MVP on his team. I'm thinking I'm wrong. I'm thinking Paul George is the truth, and I'm excited to see these two on the court at the same time, if Kawhi can ever get his load managed correctly. Dude, that guy needs to manage his load. <laughs> Seriously, though, Paul George... Turning out to be the MVP for the Clippers would be pretty pretty cool, man. I, I'll tell you, as a Lakers fan, the Clippers scare me to death. I see that lineup. I don't care if AD and LeBron are both healthy. Games are 48 minutes long before overtime. I do not see anybody stopping a Clippers team with a healthy Kawhi and a healthy Paul George. It's ridiculous. Well, I think I think the Lakers do have a good shot in the West. I mean, AD is extremely tough to guard. And you run him at the four, you got someone else at the five. I don't know who the Clippers are going to send after him. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard aren't going to guard AD. They're going to have to take turns on LeBron. So I I think the Lakers have a, as good a shot to, to actually go through the West. And I think they're going to be the ones to do it. AD being that mismatch because Zubats is too slow, Montrezl Harrell is too short. That could be AD's Jordan moment. <laughs> Next, we're going into my least favorite superstar in the history of the NBA and probably in the history of sports. His name is James. His last name is Harden. I cannot stand the way this guy plays. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I, I hate like it. I hate this it. style, what Harden does is manipulating the game somehow, like almost like cheating it somehow. And I don't really have a thought beyond that, other than I'm watching something that isn't basketball. Like to me, basketball's player movement, ball movement, design plays, not just a guy walking it up. And James Harden is masterful at utilizing the rule book to his advantage. He has effectively introduced two or three new rules such as the swipe and the sweep through. I 
can't stand watching James Harden slow down the most beautiful rapid game in sports. But gotta admit, the dude can score. James Harden got 49 points on Saturday night, but it took him 41 shots. 11 free throws, though. However, the game before that, I'm pretty sure he shot 19 free throws, so it could be much worse. I hate this man. You hate this man. Callahan, expand on the fact that we both hate this man. Oh, boy. I I feel bad saying this, but I'm starting to warm up to him. Uh, I've Man, I have been watching these games, and that step back, those dribble moves, those hezzies, they are so clean. He is so good at what he does. He, he lulls you into this sleep and then just steps back in your face. Even when the, even when the defender stands their ground, doesn't fall for it, you know, he, he fakes that drive inside, then takes his step back, he's, he's hitting them. It's just it's, it's insane to watch. I can't stand him when he drives. I can't stand the flopping. But I have to respect the effort. This man is going to try and average 40 this year. Michael Jordan, 39.6. I'm sorry. James Harden's going to be a 41 points per game athlete this year. I'm interested to see what his other stats look like. Obviously, he's rostered everywhere. The man is insane. He's getting, you know, two steals a game. And then still putting up assist numbers like he's Westbrook. I'm worried. I'm worried for the league. Can you win a playoff series like that, though? Can you win three playoff series and an NBA finals. Can you win four playoff series playing like that? Well, no. And that's, and, and I, and I'm starting to wonder if James Harden is, is playing for the accolades because come playoff time, he's just exhausted not to give any, any good credit towards load management, but if anyone needs it, it's James Harden because he <laughs> is the most consistent player. You go to a game, James Harden will be playing. You're not going to be rolling the dice like you would be going to a Clippers game. James Harden's going to be out there. You're going to watch him shoot 10 to 20 free throws, but you're also going to see six to seven step-back three-pointers. He's, he's, he's changing the game. 41 points a game. That's a great stat, Cal. I can totally see that happening. You're one-upping Kendrick Perkins by an entire point. However, the stat I'm most interested in is – how much more beer does the Toyota Center sell compared to the rest of the NBA arenas, given that their superstar player on average shoots 14 free throws a game, slowing down the quickest game in major sports? I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking the visiting, the visiting arenas that he's going to probably just salivate at the chance of him coming because, <laughs> man, I have to drink just to watch him. <laughs> And that, I, you know, if I'm going to get that extra time while I'm there to run up and grab another one, that's exactly what I'm going to do because I'm just going to need it just to pull through. <laughs> well, speaking of visiting arenas, I don't know when James Harden's going to Charlotte, but when he does, he'll be playing a guy that you're really interested in. Tell us about Devontae Graham for the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, Devontae Graham. The curious case of Devontae Graham, just four years in college at Kansas comes into the league. He's, he's basically a flyer, late round second. Then gets traded on draft day. Takes him a year to really acclimate to, to the NBA. And now we are seeing what waiting and developing can do for a player. They went out and spent all that money, all of that money on Terry Rozier. And now Devontae Graham's like, nope, this is going to be my team. Oh, I'm sorry, you need a last second bucket? Guess who it's going to? Devontae Graham. And what's he going to do? They give it to Washington. Graham goes back to a Graham, puts up a three. Oh, it's good! It's good! 
And Charlie Ooh. takes the lead with two. Called game, babe. Paul George, Paul George would be proud. Dude, cold. He on League Pass all the time. He got the tightest cornrows. Kawhi's on national TV, and I can tell he doesn't get it braided before every game. Devontae Graham using that rookie money. He is getting that shit rebraided every single game. It is tight. You could grow crops in there. That was funny. No, that's good. All right, let's take it. Let's let's take the pause. Let's let's rupture uh, injuries. An Achilles injury. I'll have an MRI tomorrow. I don't believe there's anybody to blame, but I understand. Is this world? You can blame me. I run, I run our basketball operation. Our next segment, department. though, we're doing injuries. We're gonna do this every episode. Just a real quick rundown. If the player is really significant, we'll talk about it longer. But just introduce you guys to the concept. We're doing injuries every single episode, so you know who to drop if you're in a roto league. And who to drop if you're in any other league, really. All right, so starting out, we're with Avery Bradley, one of my Laker guys. Dude was playing phenomenal, averaging like 12 points a game. Lockdown defender. This is the Avery Bradley of old. He was building himself up in Memphis on that small market TV network. Thank God, because we got him for next to nothing. But he has a hairline fracture, so he'll be reevaluated in one to two weeks. Rajon Rondo is going to be iffy with a calf injury. Don't expect him to play in back-to-backs or in any situations where there's two games in three days. If you're in a weekly league, Anthony Davis is still nursing sore ribs. He's playing tonight on Sunday against the Atlanta Hawks. The Lakers are 10-2 and, and play five games in the next eight days. Maybe take a break on Anthony Davis. Kimball Walker, the new superstar up in Boston, has a quote-unquote stinger in the neck, and he's day-to-day. Nothing to worry about. Something I could probably massage out myself. Kimba, call me. Shout out Judah Dinah. Next, we have Daniel Tice, another former Celtic. He's finger day-to-day. Who cares? Otto Porter Jr., getting over a foot injury, will be out and reevaluated this week in Chicago. Day-loading. Day-to-day with a right thumb sprain. I call BS. They're tanking. Sell high on deloading if you can. He did, however, tweet on his Twitter, quote, November 15th, look good on you, girl. End quote. Put a cool sunglasses emoji in there. That's uh, groundbreaking news. D'Angelo Russell, whatevs. Cal, tell us about Malcolm Brogdon, a player that actually matters. Yeah, I'd love to. I do want to touch on the cool emoji that deloading put in there, though. If I were to dissect that a little more, I'd say that he's out enjoying himself <laughs> in that nice San Francisco weather that he's got. And uh, just enjoying the tank. Embrace it. I think that's what you got to do. Call it something cool. Like, trust the process. I don't know. Malcolm Brogdon, <laughs> nursing a back injury. He's day-to-day. Didn't play against my Bucks. I was a little little upset about that. I wanted to see a little bit of the rivalry. Chandler Parsons, that man's still playing basketball, still being injured, still having knee problems. Just thought you all would like to know that. And let's talk on Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton with a thigh contusion. Now, you'd think thigh contusion, you know, shout out to Mac. Maybe he can massage that out. <whistles> Apparently not. He's expected to miss several weeks. Oh, several weeks. I'll get into uh, someone that I think is going to get an increase in minutes because of this injury. But, Mac, I mean, several weeks. Do you not hate when that's all they give you? It's all. It's like a. It's it's like that probable tag in the NFL. It does nothing for you. You can't plan around it. He's sitting on my bench right now because whatever. Several weeks is is like to me anything over two. A two is a couple. Several could be three. It could also be three hundred and thirty-three. Several is, several is blah blah. That means nothing. That's exactly right. I don't know what to do with him. He'll just hang out, and I'll tell you who I think is going to take those minutes and make up for those points that are missed. Who dat? 
Oh, you want me to tell you right now? Yeah, that's fine. I was going to wait till streamers, but I like this better anyways. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo. I'll get into a little bit more of why the big ragu will be filling those shoes and just how well he's going to do it here after trivia. On trivia, I asked Callahan two questions. Then Callahan asked me two questions. We, on a weekly basis, are keeping the score of who's getting what right and who's getting what wrong. One of us is going to have to jump in a very, very cold lake in one of Minnesota's 10,000 at the All-Star break. And we'll be posting that to all of our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at ProHopPod. Follow us on Instagram at ProHopPod. Email us on Gmail at, you guessed it, prohopod at gmail.com. Follow us, baby. We don't have Snapchat because we're adults. Moving on to trivia. Callahan, do you want to ask your questions first? I can definitely do that. I just want to say we're nothing but consistent with uh, with all our IG handles and our email. I just want to I just want to let everyone know that was planned. That was not on accident. <laughs> uh, getting into trivia real quick. Want to shout out that right now it is one-to-one. We are tied, but I expect to be winning after this week. Without further ado, let's get into this. Mac, are you ready for question number one? Let's party. All righty. Since the NBA introduced the three-point field goal in the 1979-1980 season, the 50-40-90 shooting threshold has been reached by eight players. Who is the most recent player to join that club? Steph Curry. Matt. No! <laughs> oh, no! He is part of the club, uh, but he is not the most recent. The most recent is Mr. President Malcolm Brogdon. Dang. I know, Mr. Second Round Rookie of the Year himself got that last year with my Bucks, and now, uh, now he's dealing with uh, you know some back spasms. So wait, the sucks to suck. The, Karma's a real, <laughs> real pain. The Bucks let go of the eighth player to hit 50, 40, 90 since nineteen eighty. No, 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 not since nineteen eighty. Uh, that's just when three pointers were starting to be tracked. So that's why we have only eight players that have been in it. Uh, besides Steph Curry and Malcolm Brogdon, can you name another one? Larry Bird. Oh, yeah, that was great. Okay, let's move on. Uh, do you want me to go with my next question? Yeah, let's do it. I'm feeling hot right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Co- coming off that miss. I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> You're definitely Carmelo. Uh, so what I consider to be one of the best NBA family dynasties, this family has had five players in the NBA and collectively share an NCAA championship, an NBA slam dunk championship, and three NBA championship titles between them. Five people out of this family have played in the NBA. Name that family. Oh, man. Uh, this is, I'm going with the Nances. The, Na- <laughs> the Nances? I the think, Nances. Uh, no, I, that's, I, I, think that's, I think that's a valid guess. I think it's just been senior and junior that have played in the NBA. So, no, that's, that's incorrect. Sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't have left you hanging for a second. For so long. Uh, no, so the <laughs> correct answer is the Barry family. I'm talking Rick. I'm talking Brent. I'm talking Drew. And I'm talking long-lost brother Scooter getting in that NBA. But, Rick, I mean, Rick Barry, man. Championships, 
Wait, yes. Brent Berry, Slam Dunk Championship. It's one hell of a dynasty. And now they're all commentating because why not follow in Dad's footsteps all the way to the top? Well, it's unbelievable is the fact that Drew Berry had such a magnificent movie career as well. And to be a part of such an athletic family and also be featured in E.T. and Scream, quite impressive. I'll Good job, Berry. Yeah, Silver Spoon's a real thing. <laughs> All right, Calhoun, are you ready for your questions? I've never been more, wet, more ready. Thank you again for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. You're always an honored guest. We're so happy to have you as a co-anchor and a guest. <laughs> All right, so... Puma currently, the shoe company, not the animal, Puma currently is making a comeback in the NBA. Currently on their roster, they got DeAndre Ayton. They got Marvin Bagley, not the second, but the third. They got DeMarcus Cousins. So you could say they got a bright future. But in 1990 is the first year that a Puma-sponsored player won NBA Finals MVP. Who was the first Puma wearer to get NBA Finals MVP in 1990? Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. Can you give me a hint on what team? Uh, definitely not, because if I told you what team, you'd be like, duh. <laughs> there are no other players on that team that could possibly qualify for NBA Finals MVP. Think back on your 30 for 30s. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, man. Um, no, it wasn't him. I I don't even want to venture a guess because I'm going to probably get the arrow wrong. Uh, it wasn't Magic Johnson. You are so close. It was Isaiah Thomas. But as far as relatable players, same era, so close. Isaiah Thomas. Oh, it was Zeke. It was the bad boys, 89 and 1990. Oh. They're back-to-back champions before – wait, before Jordan took over in 92. But more interesting than that, along that research, I found out Walt Frazier, who to most people in our generation is the guy on the Gillette Shave commercials, the elderly – Oh, he does such a good the, job. Oh, he does a fantastic job. He's like America's dad. He has the biggest beard. And he has a perfectly cropped horseshoe bald head. But Walt Frazier in 1972 was the first Puma player. And he was a superstar in his own era. But he never got NBA Finals MVP. Your next question. Can you tell me Allen Iverson's very, very Reebok. first? Okay. Well, that... <laughs> Wonderful. So Callahan Kravanek has won this week's segment. I will share with you that the Allen Iverson Reebok shoe deal in 1996 as a draftee before he played a single game, Reebok awarded him a 10-year, $50 million contract, which at the time was magnanimous. That's not the right word. It was huge. They also awarded him a $32 million trust fund when he turns 55, and they guaranteed him $800,000 a year for the rest of his life until that trust fund matures at his age of 55. Congratulations on getting that right. What an interesting trivia week we've had. I love the Iversons, and uh, I've been a huge fan of those shoes since they came out. Actually, fun fact, in the sole of, I believe, the I3s, uh, on the insert, the foot insert, it's got a picture of a bulldog, and I believe that's because he went to Georgia, or because he's a Hoya, right? That would make sense. 
Anyways. Georgetown. Georgetown. Thank you. Oof. Rough. Uh, no, huge fan. Still trying to get my hands on a pair of those old uh, old Reeboks because they are uh, fantastic shoes, and I need to add them to my ever-growing collection. Uh, it's actually just a uh, – it's a problem. It's an addiction. But let's move on. What are we, uh, what are we getting into next, Mac? Streamers. Roll-up fantasy basketball listeners, this is your weekly stream team. Callahan, we're back. We got streamers. I'll name my first one. You name your first one. But we got a big, big surprise saved up for you guys for our number five spots each. I'll start out. My number one streamer of the week. This one might be a little controversial because they've only got three games this week, but they're all against trash teams. Contavious, Caldwell, Pope, Los Angeles, Laker. I didn't use my fan goggles. Swear. Wink. 3% owned throughout the league. They're playing OKC twice in a row. Trash. And a Memphis team that, not trash, but young, developing, you know, other soft compliments. KCP is streaky for sure. But this guy is capable of shooting the lights out of Staples Center. Think of J.R. Smith lights. LeBron just put his faith in KCP on live TV yesterday. They're playing three trash teams this week. Avery Bradley is out. And LeBron will be looking to get the 3 and D stalwart all the looks and the confidence he needs for the week. Regardless of three-point shooting, KCP is good for a steal a game, plays tenacious defense, avoids forcing shots, and is a career 80% free throw shooter man with less than a turnover a game. Wow. Um, kindly disagree. Uh, KCP, fine player. I'm glad LeBron is uh, coming out and saying that he can he can do good things. But J.R. Smith Light, I will have none of that. I <laughs> will take none. I, I think I think KCP is gonna have a real tough time against John Morant. Uh, I think OKC, I mean, I, if they if they throw Shea Gilgis-Alexander on him, KCP's not doing a damn thing. I, I think he's flavor of the week. Can you stream them? Sure, they got the three games this week. They are playing not so great teams. But uh, I don't know, man. I You know, but hey, I'm about to say Dante DiVincenzo is my guy. And I don't know if that's actually a good call or not. I think, you know, Chris Middleton went out and they <laughs> filled in his starting role or the starting role with Dante DiVincenzo, rookie from la- or second year man out of uh, Villanova. The kid hustles. I mean, he, he had two steals last night, two three-point makes. He's got the green light to shoot. And with 24 minutes a game, I think Milwaukee's just seeing what they got in him. And they got four games this week. They're playing Chicago again. He just hit him up for four, 14 on 66% shooting. Then they got Atlanta, Portland, and Detroit. I don't know who I, if, if Portland's going to throw C.J. McCollum on him. I'm saying start DiVincenzo, DFS, streaming. He's your man. Dante DiVincenzo, name your kids after him. (laughs) My number two, not from Italy, out of Kentucky, I got Malik Monk in Charlotte. Finally looking like the guy they drafted. Seems like Michael Jordan can't draft for crap, but hey, this guy's starting to develop. Maybe it's because of the, uh, shit, what's his name? Oh, 
this guy's really starting to develop. Maybe it's because of Devontae Graham. Maybe it's because of the excellent average play of Terry Rozier. But Malik Monk is averaging 17 points, five rebounds, and four assists. He's only 10% owned in Yahoo leagues. He's got four games this week. First one's against Toronto. Eh. But then after that, it's just D.C., Chicago, and Brooklyn. Brooklyn is super-duper underperforming. On top of that, Monk's confidence is climbing. He hit a game winner against the Pistons last week. He's finding his own as a 3 and D who can jump through the roof, and he's hitting a very respectable stat line. Look for Malik Monk to develop more as a spot-up shooter as Terry Rozier settles into a distribution role and reduces his, quote, I'm trying to replace Kimba's shot selection, end quote. Putting Malik in perspective, Danny Green is 53% owned in Yahoo League's but his stat line is significantly less than Monk's at 6, 2, and 1. Unscrew your roster, get you a Malik Monk. Cal, who's your number two? Yeah, uh, well, I just want to touch on Malik Monk really quick. What's up with Charlotte and these game winners, man? I mean, if it's not Malik Monk, it's Devontae Graham. I mean, who's next over there? Is Terry Rozier going to come back and actually do something? I think Terry Rozier is going to – he just – I think he had too much. You saw the way he played against Boston. He played awful. Just a just an abysmal stat line it, against Boston. It, yeah. Did he hit double digits? Did he get ten points? Ooh, that's something I'd have to look up. Oh, just terrible. But yeah, Terry Rozier not doing well. But that game against Boston told me one thing: he's forcing everything. He's probably been forcing it the last twelve games. Terry Rozier needs to go back to what made him Terry Rozier in the first place with that Boston team that went to the ECF two years ago. Distribute. And just knock down your open shots. You do not have to be a superstar at four years, $59 million. It's totally cool to just be a respectable starting point guard that has a solid stat line and doesn't turn the ball over or bore people to death with four shots. $60 million over four, you can totally afford to not be the superstar. Terry Rozier will be fine. When he settles down. No, I, you know what? I think that's a perfect segue into Rodney Hood. Yeah, I made that connection. It's not there. We're going to keep rolling with it. Rodney (laughs) Hood is my second. (laughs) Technically, I do have another guard, but as you uh, so eloquently led up to, we got a surprise here at the end, uh, which I hope everyone is on pins and needles to hear this. But Rodney Hood is my second player, my second streamer of the week. They got four games this week, and I know Melo is coming to this team. I realize that, but I think I think Melo is going to eat into Kent Bazemore's minutes, not Rodney Hood's. Rodney has been out. He came back, hit for 25 last night, 16 the game before, and he's shooting mm. well above 500 in each of those outings. He is that spot-up shooter that I think they want Melo to be. Melo's going to get the start. Melo don't come off no bench. Banana Boat Crew always starts. I think that's written somewhere, and I believe it. So he's going to come in. He's going to take minutes, but Rodney Hood's going to be that spark plug off the bench that they need. He's going. He, he can't necessarily create his own shot, but if you need three-point makes right now, I'm telling you, I think Rodney Hood is your guy, and he's only owned in 16% of leagues right now. Go snatch him up. Mello ain't no bitch. And you heard it here first, son. Rodney Hood is a shot creator. He's a devastator. Go get you some. I got next on my list a very, very little known name. His name's Kendrick Williams. 
He plays in New Orleans, and he's only owned by 18% in the league. Kendrick Williams has a few games this week. He's got one against Portland, who's going to be shape-shifting their roster. Don't expect anything from Portland for the next week or two. One against Phoenix. Not exactly a defensive stalwart, even though definitely a dark horse for a playoff contention. Utah and the Clippers. But Williams may benefit from a depleted New Orleans forward bench. They got a few guys, Eric Moore, some other guys going in some day-to-day injuries. And Kendrick Williams is putting up respectable starter numbers. Really nothing significant. I mean, one-fifth of the league is already owning him. But keep an eye on Kendrick Williams as a forward for your flyer spot. Cal, who else you got? Oh, man, let's stay on this forwards topic because I am going to recommend everyone go out and get Thaddeus Young again. I know you drafted him in like the 10th, 11th round of your league. He didn't become that player that you thought he would be, but he's owned in 48% of leagues right now, and you need to go grab him. He's going to see he's seeing an increase in usage right now with the Otto Porter injury, and I don't believe the Bulls are going to be rushing back Otto Porter. And in Thad's increased playing time, he's a great stream. He's going to help you out in the steals and the boards, and they got four games this week. I'm a believer in Thad. Go get him if you need those if you need those boards and you need those steals because he is, to quote a term that Mac has been using, a defensive stalwart. Ooh. And before we get into our much long-awaited number five, I'll share with you my center for the week. I got Ivan Zubats. Magic Johnson gave him to our neighbors for peanuts. I still can't believe it. I think Zubats is a great player. Might have to pull him out of the fourth quarter because he can be a defensive liability uh, when you put someone really fast on him. But for three quarters, Zubats is a beast. And he's playing for the L.A. Clippers who have Paul George coming back from injury. Clippers, very cautious. They won't be playing him in back-to-backs. They won't be playing him three and fours. Their other superstar, Kawhi Leonard, highest paid part-time player in the NBA. So (laughs) you also have Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell on day-to-day. So expect Zubats to get an increase in minutes or at the very least an increase in shot selection. Their games this week, Oklahoma City, Boston, Houston, New Orleans Pelicans. He's only owned in 32% of Yahoo leagues. Streaming for rebounds, Zubats may not be getting all the minutes on this Clippers team, but he's making good use out of time that he does get. Four blocks, nine boards, and four assists in the blowout win against Atlanta on Saturday. What were you thinking, Magic Johnson? What was Magic thinking? Also, side note, had this thought. Do you think that Kawhi Leonard only participates in about 50% of the practice? Like he just does his thing and then he just goes and sits with bunch of ice on his knees and just watches his teammates practice just alienating them from afar and doc rivers just like oh that's just what he does <laughs> i wonder if there's something more fun like they play horse before practice and if Kawhi wins he doesn't have to practice <laughs> i think i think that's exactly what happens but it's okay paul george has new shoulders he'll be practicing more often <laughs> all right great center love that choice uh i was actually a little upset i saw the show sheet prior to picking my own and i saw you had zubats and i was like okay guess i'm gonna have to dive a little deeper but guess what i didn't dario saric (laughs) this man is not a stream this man is an ad oh dario saric has found his stroke and more importantly he has found his niche with this phoenix team he and bain spread the floor for a passer like rubio who loves to drive dribble underneath the basket he looks like a globetrotter out there but he's going to run around and he's going to find that open big man. And Saric is that big man. The Suns front court, they can all shoot threes. And we're going to get into this a little bit more here in a second. But 
if if Saric is hitting from three, he's still going to get you those boards. He's going to continue to produce across the rest of this week. And guess what? Phoenix has five games this week. How exciting is that? I, I wish I could roster all of the Phoenix players because what is going on? What is going on with Phoenix? They're turning the NBA upside down, and they lost DeAndre Ayton. They're like, oh, it's fine. Turns out we have a bunch of centers locked up in the back of the room, and we're just going to let them go play. I took my own advice, went and grabbed him, rostered him, loving it, can't wait. Oh, my. Them Phoenix Suns be so hot. And, partner, way to use the word niche while introducing a European player. That shiz was not lost on me. I'm glad. I really tried hard for that. Wonderful wordplay. Finally, we're leading into the biggest reveal of the entire show, our fifth streamers. We got a power forward on my side, and we got a guard on Callahan's side. Mine is... Just as long as you promise to take it easy, you know? What do you mean? You know exactly what I mean. You've come a long way since Frank the Tank, and we don't want him coming back now, do we? Honey, <laughs> Frank the Tank is not coming back, okay? That, that part of me is over. It's water under the bridge. I promise. Oh, yeah, you might have guessed it, but you might not have. My Frank the Tank this week is the power forward in the Phoenix Suns. He plays five freaking games this week. He's only owned in 12% of the Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. Frank Kaminsky. They play Boston. They play Sacramento. They play the Pelicans. They play Minnesota. They play Denver. Dude is good for a couple threes a game. Right now he's averaging 12.7 boards, a steal, a block, and say what? Less than one turnover. Mr. Kaminsky, you shan't have. He was asked to do way too much in Charlotte because Michael Jordan can't draft to organize the basketball team to save his legacy. I mean, life. Excuse me. <laughs> Did I say legacy? <laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> Phoenix is the perfect situation for a guy like Frank Kaminsky who adds value to the offense, rebound production, and never tries to do too much. And... I think you know a little something about Frank. Why don't you tell us where Frank played college ball at, Callahan? Oh, you know, he was a Wisconsin Badger. Took him to the NCAA championship and lost because the refs don't know what an out-of-bounds play looks like. Mm. Damn, dude. But, hey, thank you for that lead-in. Let me get into my Frank. And it's Frank Nielakina. He needs to be rostered. This isn't a stream. This isn't a stream. This is a waiver ad. Go grab you some Nielakina. This man is an assassin. He is learning what he has to do on this team to get minutes. Fizdale, we don't know what he's doing. I mean, this team has worse rotations than the Army. Nilakina is finding his spot on this wonky rotation, and Fizdale's just going to have to deal with it. He is a stealing machine. Nilakina will not get you points, but even in limited time, he's going to get you at least a steal, a couple of assists, and some boards. But when he's given that extra time that he needs... Oh, man, I'm telling you, sky's the limit for this guy. You drafted Thaddeus Young to be that defensive stalwart. Frank Nielakina is going to be exactly what you're looking for. Go roster him. 15% of leagues. That's all he's owned in. You need to get him. They got four games this week, too. What better time than now? Go grab him. Be a part of the French Connection, guys. You heard it here first. This episode of the Pro Hop Fantasy Basketball Podcast. My name is Matt. My name is Kale. Take us home, baby. Thanks for joining us this week on another episode of Pro Hop Podcast. Please feel free to go look us up on IG, Pro Hop Pod, Twitter, 
at ProHopPod, or feel free to email us. I believe it's ProHopPodcast at gmail.com. You know what? Just try both. We'll go buy the rights to each. Have a good night. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. With his first show.